week is brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. Can, can we talk about our matching jackets for a second? Yeah. Like what an what an ad for war for him. Like what an ad. Just everybody get on board with the hoods. Dude. You know what I keep making jokes about? I said I feel like um an Ewok. I was gonna say like that's that Star Wars level shit. I don't even yeah. understand Star Wars, but I know that this, that's what this looks like. Yeah, it's like a, a rebel Ewok. Okay, well, and then we're both the same fucking tiny height, so it just accentuates it even more. (laughs) I keep walking in the door going, (laughs) Oh my god, you know what we need to get now because I know Tyr has them. He was wearing the pants in the same print, um, when he when when I met him uh that weekend, and I was looked at those pants and I was like, Bro, I need those pants. And he's like, I have, like, I found them, but I have like a bunch of, I was like, we need to get full onesies and put our hoods on. And we would look like two little, don't tell me black rifle would not use that for a skit somewhere. <laughs> just two midgets. Just. Yeah, we'd have to get them specially tailored though, because I, I imagine that there's like no one in our side. Yeah. Shush. Yeah. You shush. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Kenny's here too. Kenny's somewhere in the office somewhere. So he, he pops his head in once in a while. Everyone's used to the dogs on the show at this point. Let's, let's, let's be honest now with ourselves. Um, yeah, we're in Tennessee. And so Piper is usually by herself and like really quiet, but now she's got people to dog, other dogs to rile her up. She's got people to rile her up, other people (laughs) to rile her up. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, so we were talking about our Botox faces and I was saying that my forehead feels swollen. So I'm not wearing a hat today. It's funny because do you remember when you were younger and your mom or just any woman being like, I'm getting anything shot in my face. And that just wasn't a thing. No, my, well, and my mom is not, she doesn't do any of that stuff. And she's so naturally it- gorgeous. It's annoying. <laughs> My mom never did any of it. And um and I kind of grew up in the Pamela Anderson era. I think we're the same age ish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, How old are that? you? 41. I'm 32. Oh my God. Okay. So we're not in the same We're close enough. That's all that matters. Well, Pamela Anderson era. So I was like, I mm-hmm. am getting big fake titties and I will do whatever I need to to not look old as fuck. And I That's okay. Yeah. I have, I got mine fixed after my son. That's why I got my, I got mine. I got mine smaller after my son. Oh, I see. I went, I went up. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like the movie you went up. <laughs> yeah. Health and I, I mean, there's hilarious pictures of me with like all geeked up on drugs, but right before the surgery, like holding one of the, the implants <laughs> in the doctor's office like I was so excited I was also uh, because I've only had I'd only had one surgery before that so was, oh like like 
all on drugs and crying because I was afraid to go under anesthesia. <laughs> what? Really? You? <laughs> no, I'm like, knock me the fuck out. <laughs> Can we do this again? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm <laughs> like, vacation. yeah, that, I was just going to say, I knew that when I got mine done, I was going to be laid up. That's vacation time, baby. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm in the- I, no, I was, I was terrified beforehand. Oh, no. Nah. Yeah. The rare. Like, it, I mean, like- it happens. Horrific things happen when you fall asleep sometimes. You don't wake back up. But that's a rarity. It is a rarity. Yeah. It does happen in surgery. But it is a rarity for the most part. So, I mean, it just it's seems the like unknown. Vacation. Ah. Yeah. So, you struggle with the unknown, do you? So, you got a control problem, do you? I do have a control problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I struggle with the unknown. Sometimes I definitely okay. have a control problem. Yeah. At the, yeah. I, I know. Want, I, I, I want it that with me. to happen when I want it to, and I want it right now. And if it's not, then I'm like, all right, then it's time to keep stepping. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're the same human as me. <laughs> <laughs> you're the time for slow shit waiting around oh. on it. Cause you know, when you, when, you know, you, you're, you like to hustle and move and get shit done for yourself. You're a hard mm-hmm. fucking worker with a million irons in the fire. Um, I don't, God, this sounds so bad. <laughs> this is like the, the opposite of what you ever say in a job interview. I'm like, I don't always play that well with others because I'm like, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. Cause I know I'll get it done. I, I like those type of people to work with. Those are the people I want to hire because those are self-motivated. Those are leadership driven individuals. Those are people who pride, take a lot of pride in their work. So, you know, they're going to work their asses off for you. And if you can get those type of people to be down with what you're doing, they will go to the ends of the earth for you. So no, I prefer those people. It's like not the answer that anyone wants (laughs) to hear in a job interview. You're supposed to be like, I am a team player and I work really well with everyone else. I'm like, just give me my space and let me work. <laughs> you're like, by the looks of your face, do you really play well with others? I feel like you're lying. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody Can you see you. the look on my face? Cause I can't really move mine that well either. <laughs> yours is, yours is barely moving. I feel like mine's mine's I'm only the, I just had it touched up yesterday. So give it I'm, a minute. I'm, I'm sure I'm due soonish. I can move my yeah. eyebrows a little more than usual. Yeah, I, I feel like when we start to, I know, I know, I listen to us, we're like, we never thought we'd be those people, but I'm like sitting here being like, does it move? Is it moving? Yeah, Just my eyebrows. <laughs> well, you know what I'm good with? <laughs> like, I'm this. solid. Yeah, I'm like good, like, go, go eyebrows up. That takes my migraines away and then I'm happy. That's, as long as yes. I don't get headaches, I'm not happy. As long as I don't get, as long as I'm not happy, as long as I don't get headaches, <laughs> I'm happy. That really helps because I have this resting bitch face that's so painful that it just all the all the muscles. That's you know where all my muscles are. Everyone says like you've got quads. Yes, Taekwondo set me up well. I have legs. I have from the waist no core. I'll go from the rib cage down. I am like a brick shit house. I am I'm solid. My upper body. <laughs> here's what's really cute. My my right arm's not attached, right? So my upper body is a mess. Wait, and what? I had a really bad uh, downhill mountain bike accident. Did you accident. have a torn labrum? 
No, I uh, tore my rotator cuff. I separated my shoulder. I broke my collarbone. And when everything healed on its own, it healed wrong. So my collarbone comes out my back now. And because I had an infection during after the surgery, the collarbone that goes from the midpoint to the actual shoulder dissipated and is just gone. Yeah. So, so my upper body is super weak. So here's what I figured out. All of my energy and everything is in the muscles in my forehead. And so if I can keep Botox there, it allows that to chill out. And then I can start working on my muscles again that have power because everything is my resting bitch face right in the middle of my forehead. Yeah. I don't have an excuse. I just years of bartending and just making that face that people like fuck is wrong with you. And it just stayed like that. And so I and had to zap it out because it you had did. to zap it out. It actually gave me headaches. And it yeah. just, you know, that thing that your parents say, like, don't make that face. It'll freeze that way. It froze that way. Oh my God. Isn't that a bitch? I totally forgot about that saying. And now that you said it, I, I hear it on repeat in my face from my mother. Yeah. Or like, don't sit too close to the TV or eyes will go cross eyed. That happens twice. Yeah. Screams. Yeah. Screens. They're the devil. I mean, they're fantastic as we talk on one right now. I love them. This yeah. is making my life great. Screens are great. They're some pros. Well, you know, Le- uh, Lex Re- Friedman posted something about them I think, like last week or the week before. And it was like people, it was a quote from one of his episodes. And I believe it was like people, uh, people think that the internet is, you know, sometimes a horrible place and, and sure it is, but look at what it's been able to do for society. Look what it's been able to enable and allow and, um, Give, I get on my hope. kicks where I, I curse it, but I mean, it's neither good nor bad. It's all what we, what we do with it. Right. But I think humans are kind of inherently shitty. <laughs> we I have mean, to we, work to be good. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, there's, there's levels to it. There's, de- there's definitely levels to it. I'll tell you that. I, um, I, I know when I kind of got introduced to you through Griff, which it seems like, and again, yesterday, Griff was the guy getting the praise on the other end of the podcast for introducing me again to somebody else. And the other guy was like, I got to say thanks to Griff. And I was like, everybody, really, Griff, do you know everyone? But getting to be introduced to you was really fun for me because I got introduced also with Lapine, which is, which is his chick. And there's something really <laughs> unique about this little group of humans. Yeah, unique is one way to put it. <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't realize how tiny you were um, until I actually saw you in uh, yeah. person. I thought that you were at least several inches taller than me. Yeah, so that for sure. Me off, I was like, Wait, we're like the same, we're the same size. Like we're literally the same size. Yeah. It's super weird. There's, I've never seen somebody that like, that close to like just eye level. And when I met you over Instagram and I started figuring out who you were and following you. And I didn't realize how dope you were. Like when I get introduced to a fair amount of people and I I know, so do you because, you know, the crowds you run in, um, it's very hard to be remembered. It feels like in some of the crowds we run in because everyone's doing, just try not to at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong, but everybody, it feels like everybody's doing so much and at such crazy levels it's it's, to be memorable nowadays it takes such 
I don't even know what the word is. If it's, if it takes business, it takes mindset, it takes leadership, it takes, um, you know, just being a good person. I don't know what it is that makes you stand out in the world anymore. Uh, I don't either. And I just think that in my case, I just have a horrible case of ADHD and an insatiable lust for life. So I can't sit still and I want to do everything. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole existential crisis portion of it where I'm like, the clock is ticking. I need to get shit done. So I, I like, I don't ever let myself like rest is a really difficult thing to well, and it's, that's why I bring up the people that you surround yourself with. Cause that's how, you know, you, you surround yourself with really great people and that's how I met you. And that's kind of where I was going was like the people in the way that the group of people, this community has is really unique and they're all very self-driven, very, maybe not play well with each other, but they play well in the community and they do great things for it. And so when I got to, got to meet Griff and then find out who tier was, and then, and then I found out that you were attached to tear. It was like the best. It was the best because I was like, that this was is a very so pleasant fantastic. surprise too. It was the best surprise. <laughs> I was so excited personally. That's just me. But what I was getting at is you wish you didn't live in Canada. Jesus. Nobody wishes I do. <laughs> you're not the only one. I don't wish I lived here right now. Um, my friends don't wish I lived here right now. I think my family really prefers me to live here, but I, I, I don't care where I live as long as I can feel free. Yeah. Why is that so difficult? That's slowly well, declining. It, it I don't really know. In is. some ways, I feel like we have more freedom in other ways. It's closing in less. I mean, we're sitting here doing jobs from laptops and I can do it from Last week I was in North Carolina. This week I'm in Tennessee. Tomorrow I'll be in Utah for the day. So there's that part that's freeing. But mm -hmm. then there's, you know, that whole elephant in the room of uh, vaccine mandates and yeah. just uh, weird, weird laws coming, you know, rules coming down on us that there's restriction. Yeah, it's concerning. Up here it's getting quite concerning. I think I've explained to you the process of us having to leave the country a little, um, it's gotten, it's gotten more stringent. We've now got a new federal passport on top of the provincial passport and to even leave, to, to leave the, the country for me to leave, I have to be vaccinated. Yikes. So it's not even like to like go come home. It's literally for me to like up and leave yeah. The and they're place. not accepting, you guys aren't accepting Americans right now still, right? We are if you're vaccinated. Okay. Because I know mm -hmm. for a while the border was completely, it was restricted. Yeah, you you can, the, we're apparently opening on November 8th, the border to drive through again. Oh, that's good. As, as long as you're vaccinated. What do you do? The, you have to show a special pass or just do you show your picture of your? So we have a QR code for our province right now where you have to upload your information. You have to show a QR code, they scan the QR code, it's attached to your, your public health number. And then um, you have to have now a prevent, uh, sorry, a federal one, which is a piece of paper, which is a letter with a QR code, but it has your numbers on it, your um, batch numbers, everything of the vaccine. And you have to have both of those things. And if you don't have, I think it is up until November 30th, you don't have to have that to travel. You can have just a negative COVID test to travel uh, 72 hours before. 
Okay. Once November 30th hits, if you're not fully vaccinated, you cannot leave this country. Wow. For any circumstance, you will not get on a plane, a train, a bus, a car. You cannot leave the country. That's so nuts. Sounds very Russian. Yeah. Not even like the Russia now. Like old school. Like old school Soviet Russia, like the yeah. like the shady ass shit, like the Stalin level shit. Like I don't care what anybody says. Oh, you're being dramatic. You're being that's public health. You should care. You know what? No, <clears throat> no, no. This is freedom of rights to be able to move in and out of a country. That is your that is your right uh, on our charter of rights. That's that is just what we are allowed is is the freedom to move within our country freely without regulations and rules like this. And it's wrong. And so no, I'm not being dramatic at all. I think I'm being realistic with what's happening within my country. And that's concerning to me as somebody who has fought for the country. It makes it, uh, it feels like a dangerous place to be. And it's, yeah. people think that's dramatic. And I, I don't think that's dramatic. Back from once you, you know, once these restrictions have been placed and it just, the clamp gets, keeps getting tighter and tighter. How do you come back from that? Because we it's don't. just, it's only progressed. It's not like things have eased up. We've gotten teased a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they were they were supposed to open our border. I think it was August, August or September. August or September. There was like a rumor of the border opening, and then they they they, they kiboshed that real quick. Um, and then you know I've it's a weird place. To, the the world is a weird place to live. We are looking at humanity in a really gross way. I've I've heard some really troubling things. Um, when you start hearing society speak in terms of, I hope all, I can't wait until all, and I quote, I cannot wait until all unvaccinated people are dead. Um, I heard that this week to my face, to my, to my face like this. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I, what am I supposed to so you don't want me to respond I'll just be yeah. like okay cool because that's not that's not like 1939 level shit happening out of your mouth at all yeah that's fine like that's a human being you're speaking about a human being that's a I've, life I've got a lot of I've got a lot of feelings on all this shit do you want do you want to elaborate yeah. on those feelings I don't want to get too, too far into all the politics and bullshit, to. but I just, I, I don't, I don't understand how if you, you're someone that has gotten it and I've read the science and then I've read, you know, other doctors and nurses speaking about this that are, let me erase. I'm not, I'm not being very articulate right now. So what I don't understand is if you're someone that's gotten this thing. Uh, how you need to get vaccinated because if you've had the thing that you're trying to get vaccinated against, you've naturally gotten what a vaccine is going to do. And there's all these arguments about strain. I'm like, it's the same thing, whether you got it or you got injected with it, is it not? I don't, maybe I'm just really not. That no, smart. I think, no, it's not. <laughs> You're very smart. You're very articulate and, and intel intelligent individual. It's what it is. It's the, From what, it's the morning. It's the morning. It's the morning. Whiskey. It's the morning whiskey. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That what it is from what I can tell, or at least any of the people I've spoken with for all of the 
non-doctoral information that I can provide is that this thing is this thing is what it is. We 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 have we've now made a vaccine for it. So people are going to be forced to take the vaccine. It's very financially advantageous for us to take a vaccine that we've already purchased. Right? We've purchased millions and millions and millions of doses. We've already made it a mandate. This should be it's thought's going to be pushed, right? That's an investment. That's the 2022 projections I was reading yesterday, it's like somewhere in the billions that are going to be made off of Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's overnight, it's disgusting the amount of money that's being made off this, but, um, but there's no way any of it could be slightly motivated by money and the government never lies to us. Well, I mean, look at the pullout. I mean, nothing ever goes wrong, right? So it's fine. It's like that thing was an abortion. Like, that's I'm not, and for the record, I'm not anti vaccine. It's just, no, I don't neither am I. You yeah. know why I'm not anti vaccine? People think I am. I love this. My, my own family thinks I am. They question me all the time about it. I, I am. 150% not anti-vaccine at all. I am for vaccines that work that are not the mRNA vaccine. I'm talking about the same technology that's used with the polio vaccine, with the hep vaccine, with the things that I've had. I, the I had all the vaccines as a child. And then I had the vaccines through the military, which God knows yeah. Only God will know because that I will never truly know what was shot into me. And yeah. then the pills that I had to take for malaria on top of that, that they're now direct, <laughs> directly correlating with mental health issues. Yeah. Super cute. So, you know, war and mental health pill. It's just, it's a great dynamic. So my point is I've it's, I'm not anti any medication that could be used for good. I'm not anti this vaccine. What I have concerns about, and I think it's only healthy to have natural concerns about, is long-term effects, which we can't know, Right. Um, children with an experimental vaccine, long-term damage. I'm concerned about people who should be medically exempt uh, with blood clot disorders, with stuff that we already know. Um, 12-year-old boys, there's a higher risk of myocarditis. I think I said that correctly. I know someone, a, a female that's around mm -hmm. my age that had, that got it. Yeah. Now yeah. potentially long-term heart damage. Has exactly. Yeah. Just uh, once every three months. Yeah. So, so for something that's like, like personal connection, you're like, fuck. So the concern is real. Yeah. The concern is real. And I think it's not, I don't think, I don't think it's wrong to have concerns. I think anybody who cares truly about what they put in their body and, and the, the repercussions of once it's in your body, listen, everybody, I want every, here's my thing. I want everybody to be able to make a decision that is right for them, but that's the key. I want everybody to make a decision that's right for them, right. not a decision that is made for them. So I, the logic just doesn't line up for me. So it's not Ebola. It's not Ebola. Right. It's, it's not. It's not going to kill everyone that is healthy and young and not have comorbidities that are not obese, that are not physically fit, that don't have cancer, that don't, that, you know, that aren't diabetic, that don't have underlying factors. I understand and respect that it is dangerous for a lot of the population. I am not insensitive towards that. Truthfully, I'm scared for the generation and what it's doing to the society and our humanity and our rights and our freedoms. That's my concern, not yeah. the vaccine. 
it's being the way it's being pushed. I take concern in, and I think that's okay. The logic seems to be missing, and there you read all these different. You know, they're all, it's all science. You're reading different reports where they're all contradicting each other. I don't know if this is true or not, but I would I need to dig into it more that the CDC mm-hmm. had to actually change their definition of vaccine because of this one. The thing is, is that if someone you know wants to get vaccinated, but then another person is not, why are you afraid to be around the unvaccinated person if you are vaccinated and it's supposed to be protecting you? Like that part, I'm like, that's why it makes me sad. That's why it makes me sad and concerned. Is 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 what it's, it's become doing social to decision. Exactly. We don't need more divide. We need more unity. We need more open conversation. We need more either side to sit down at a table and feel comfortable to talk about the hard topics. We're going too far apart. And this is just driving division. There's a group in Canada doing it right now. And I, I voiced my opinion about it. I'm very disappointed. They're using the poppy as a bargaining chip to say, if you wear it, you're for freedoms. But if you don't wear it on Remembrance Day this year, like if you're for the vaccine, you shouldn't be wearing it because then you're, that means you're for control and you're for this. I'm like, don't bring oh vets God. into this. Don't bring, don't you dare, don't you dare bring vets into this. And don't you dare bring the one time a year, the one day veterans day and remembrance day. Don't you dare make this about a vaccine. Don't yeah. because this is about people who have died. This is about the people we have lost the, the mental health that we have had to endure the crisis. We've had to endure the 22 suicides a day. We've had to endure. Don't you dare use this as a bargaining chip. This is not fair. It's I don't agree with it at all. People are disagree with me. That's fine. I take personal that hurts. Don't don't do it. Yeah. Knock it off. I, I find that pretty offensive. And that's, you know, the complete opposite side of where I'm coming from in terms of like I'm not someone that's arguing for everyone to have it. Right. So, but for someone to for people to get pissed off and say you can't. Yeah. You can't wear a poppy and be anti vaccine or anti choice. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, because what, the, the, what they were yeah, because what they were trying to say was if you if you're for you know, your freedoms and you're for that, you should wear it because that's for, that means you're for military. You're for, that means you're for our freedom of rights, our charter of rights, our, our right to choose. But if you, but if you're for the vaccine, they're like, don't wear it. Well, then now all that's doing is taking away support for the already choice or freedom that's give other people the choice to, to select that for themselves. Correct. You're already taking from the people who are already have had so much taken from them and they're already marginalized, underfunded, underlooked after in every way possible. Don't take more from them. Like give them, like when we see people wearing poppies, it's, it's a point of pride to know that you fought on behalf of that poppy. It's a point of pride. Don't make it something it's not. You don't get to do that with something that's from the 18 fucking, you don't get to do that. You don't. Anyway, my rant is over. It's fine. I won't say who it was because it's, yeah. Oh, it's fine. My point is where I was going was you're a pretty incredible artist. Hey, (laughs) well, thank you. Like that's one of the things I was getting on the Instagram train when I was going on that, when I was going on that rant was that's how I kind of started to see who you were. And I was like, oh, she does like art, but then you do like more than just art. I really love the way you have it on Instagram where you like show time lapses of you making things. 
That's so cool. So my Instagram used to, it's morphed a million times over the years. It started out with like pictures of my food and I started painting again. I went to art school and I started painting again a couple of years ago. And then everything was art before that. Everything was food and fitness because I was a, a trainer and was into the whole competitive fitness shit for a good decade. And then it, I started painting and then it morphed into nothing but that. And it just, you know, things ebb and flow with, I just like to get involved with lots of different things so it my social media is just whatever I'm doing at the time so I started this whole separate one for just art but I really don't like managing multiple Instagram accounts it's a real pain in the ass so I've started to weave it back in I like doing old school canvas paint mixed media just making messes and it used to be a lot more uh, figure and more literal literal interpretations of things. Mm-hmm. Now it's gotten to be a lot more abstract expressionism, but I'm trying to find my way back and play with nothing and not realism, but more of that kind of literal interpretation in, in my own style again, versus mm-hmm. super abstract. But I like doing the abstract stuff because it's just color and fun and texture and emotion. So yeah, uh, I, I, our entire kitchen is now artwork instead of a place to eat and I'm trying to learn digital which it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around because Mm -hmm. I can't just reach in and and mess with my hands with it I know that you're supposed to think of it as an extension of such Mm -hmm. the learning curve it's not the same for me as being able to take my finger and just kind of smudge into something and quickly grab another tool I'm not there yet I know some incredible artists that are able to create things on, on digital and procreate. And the thing about digital is that it translates easier over to, to say printing t-shirts. If mm. you do something on digital, it's vectorized, which God, I'm learning what these terms mean. <laughs> right. But you're now you're not getting like pixelated. And if you blow it up, it's not going to lose the quality of the image but trying to learn how to do that is a little bit frustrating. I was working on something this morning and I don't, I'm like looking for the right tool. I can't find the tool that I'm trying to figure out how to color something in using this digital program. That's not like scribbling. And I know you're supposed to drag and drop, but it wasn't working. So I got frustrated and then I got pissy and then I poured whiskey. I mean, I get it. I understand it. Where did, I got a couple of things. Where did you go to art? Like, so what, how did you get into the art school idea? I mean, what was that like for you? Because obviously you've had to have had some interest uh, in those mediums going growing up. So I was into art as a kid. Um, I don't know if it's one of those things that I naturally was good at or it got kind of projected onto me because my mom was an artist. My grandmother was an artist. They liked to draw and paint and whatever. Super creative. So I just started doing it at a young age and I was able to look at an image and copy it. So Mm. I could take it and I'm not talking like, oh, that kind of resembles, they were identical. And I wish I could find those old um, sketchbooks. Mm -hmm. They're probably buried at my parents' house somewhere or they just got lost in translation, but I would take comics, Disney characters, and I'd be able to look at the image or photograph even. I did I think in middle school with me and my dad as a when I was a baby and I could look at it and just copy it so just freehanding 
And that was something that I could spend hours doing. I don't have the best attention span. <laughs> Got a lot of energy. So it was always the two either super active. I did dance and gymnastics and all that fun stuff. And I did art as a horrible student, mostly because, I, you know, there's full feelings there. I don't think everyone learns the same and sitting one kid down at a desk for six and a half hours or however long it is, that doesn't work for every kid. Not every kid can, can put themselves through that. I'm tactile and I need to move and just that's how my brain works. So that was kind of my saving grace was athletics and art. So when I didn't have the grades <laughs> to really get an athletic scholarship and I wasn't into, I didn't play like baseball or not baseball, softball or volleyball or the stuff that you commonly get soccer, mm-hmm. things that you would get a common scholarship for. Your eyes just like rolled in the back of your head when you said that. That was <laughs> funny. I wish somebody, I'm going to make that a clip. That was a good one. I did cheerleading, which everyone laughs at. Okay. I did cheerleading was because when my family moved, I was a dancer and did like acro, they called it. So it's just floor gymnastics in a dance Mm -hmm. classroom setting. And when my family moved from New York to North Carolina, we couldn't afford to send my sister and I to dance. Mm -hmm. So my way around that was I got myself on the cheerleading squad because it was a school program. And that was my outlet. I could get some of that dance and some of the gymnastics and the performance aspect. And there were minimal costs compared to going to a dance school. So that's how I wound up doing that. And Mm. it wasn't the same thing, but I got a little bit of my fix and it kept me, that was my athletics side since Mm -hmm. I'm I'm the only athlete in the family. My parents didn't do sports. So between the two, I wasn't going to get a scholarship based off of grades and cheerleading. (laughs) It wasn't the ideal route for you. Right. I wasn't getting to get into any school with my, my grades period. And I was really great at art. So I took AP art classes and I excelled there. That was one place where if you took the numbers and letters and shit off the table, Mm -hmm. you can't deny that I was good at that. Mm -hmm. So I rolled with that and, um, I was lifeguarding. I graduated barely from high school, like barely summer school. I did summer school twice and I walked nice. in school. Yeah. And, uh, that was super embarrassing, but now I'm like, Oh, fuck it. It was a thing that I held on to for the longest time. Dude, so I my, did summer school. What are you worried did about? You really? Yeah, well, I did. I did walk with my class. So I, okay. I did, I had to do summer school for, I can't remember what math it was. It was some math algebra math. two maybe. Yeah. I didn't learn math until later on when I started doing like fitness and nutrition and bartending where Uh, the real world application made it all make sense to me. It was like, Oh, I just couldn't understand the abstract like numbers on paper thing. But once I started doing it, so Mm -hmm. there's a lesson there for, you know, not everyone learns by writing and a process. I need the, I need the why. Right. So I graduated in summer school and I was lifeguarding and teaching swim lessons. And I was like, I was dead set. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew I didn't want to be in North Carolina. So my plan was, here. Yeah. My plan was always to move back to New York, which is where we're from. The rest of uh, 
the extended family was. So I spent my time between uh, lifeguarding, teaching swim lessons, and creating a portfolio. I already had some pieces from high school that, you know, they were they were really solid pieces. And I again, I wish I had the stuff. I sold most of them to have money for for school. <laughs> it's a couple hundred bucks, but I guess when you're that age. So I spent that year lifeguarding, teaching swim lessons, and uh, building a portfolio. And I was going to try and take some, some credits to have some college credits beforehand that worked out for maybe like two months and I just couldn't do it. So I just continued to work on the portfolio and everyone would go to school work at my parents' house and I would either stay up really late or I'd draw the shades and I'd light candles and I'd play music and I would just work on my portfolio. And I went up to FIT and I applied, you have to grant, did they do a portfolio review? They accepted me on the spot. So that was awesome. FIT is the Fashion Institute of Technology. That's in New York. It's in Manhattan. It's um, 27th between 7th and 8th Avenues. And they're really known for their fashion design program and their fashion merchandising. Mm -hmm. But they've got a fine art program, which there is only a handful of schools that have, you know, old school fine arts programs. And I just wanted to be back in New York. And it's where my mom went to college for display and exhibit design. So I, I grew up knowing about this particular school. So it had okay. And I knew it was in Manhattan and I, I wanted to like disappear into city life. I just, I liked the chaos. I wanted to just be a small guppy in a wide open ocean mm-hmm. and get, bring the, bring the world that I couldn't, you know, didn't have the means to go experience in full on my own I wanted to at least go to one place where I could experience as much as possible in one place so I got accepted on the spot got back to North Carolina and received a letter saying that um I was denied because of my GPA oh no yeah so at 19 uh my friend and I I might have been 18 at the time I know I started school at 19 18 years old a friend of mine from high school and I flew up, her mom worked for an airline by ourselves. We flew up the next day and I demanded a meeting with the Dean. Oh, and okay. I, yeah. And I was like, I pleaded my case. I was like, I am not, I was not a good student. It's not, you know, this was never my strength, but I'm good at this. So please don't deny me the chance to, mm-hmm. um, to have a future based off of something that I'm good at, you accepted me on the spot and then turned me, turned me down for grades that have nothing to do with the skill set that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go to school for. And they gave, they accepted me. They took me on a, an athletic, what's that called? Pro, uh, academic probation. Right. Huh. So what you're saying is if you didn't do that, that wouldn't have happened. Like you had to take that initiative. You had to take that step. That's a huge step as a younger person. That's a lot of balls. If I had taken that on the chin and been like, okay, I don't know where I would have wound up. I don't, I don't know what would have happened next. So, mm-hmm. but I was dead set that this was happening and there's no way that they were going to tell me no after, after such, such an emphatic yes. Like this doesn't make any sense. So I fought myself. Well, and I'm glad that you fought for yourself and you deserve to fight for yourself. But what is it about tiny people that speak really loud that really just makes people nervous? I think, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't know because clearly we're not like physically threatening. <laughs> no, but like, but do you know what I'm talking about? I find grown men are more nervous when you're small and loud. They're like, oh, what is that? There's that thing that's yelling uh, at me. Unexpected, maybe. I guess. And I think we just get so used to, so um, fed up with being underestimated. I mean, this is my theory that. Yeah, so you're not wrong. Get so fed up with like being underestimated at, you know, as everyone starts shooting past us in, in the high school years that you just get, start getting like crankier and crankier and feistier and feistier. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to be overlooked just because I'm a couple inches shorter than you. Did, so. did you, did you ever get the, I feel like we have a very unique thing I can talk about right now that I'm never able to talk about with people. Did you ever get people being like, um, you're, you're overcompensating. You're trying to be too, too manly to fit in. You're, you're cursing too much to like for you're, you're too verbose because you're, you're little. So it's like this little chihuahua. Right, right. Do you ever get that? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it's more said probably behind my back than anything else. I'm like, I can't, there was never any, like, I don't know. I may, maybe it's just having to stand on a, a milk crate and shout at people to like, be like, listen, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm talking, listen to me, but it's never been a non-purpose kind of, I don't, I was always a tomboy. So mm -hmm. that came from there. If you met my parents, you wouldn't question why I curse the way that I do. Right. <laughs> We're from Long Island. It just, <laughs> I think that's more projection. Obviously. Other clearly. people making excuses for like, you're like this because I'm like, I'm like this because of a lot of fucking reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not going to, we don't have the amount of time to discuss the reasons I am, but like the way I am, the way I am. Like we don't have the time. You don't have the time. Yeah. It's, do I, I just don't do well with, yeah. I don't do well with underestimation or being pushed, being pushed to the side to not mm -hmm. be dealt with. I'm like, I will annoy mm -hmm. the fuck out of you until you deal with me. <laughs> you know what I say I do to people? That's so funny. Cause you say it's, it's, it's funny. Cause when I saw the tattoo that you got recently, I was like, ah. um, I do this thing. It's like, I just like, I'm like an unassuming tiny little octopus. You're like a little, little, bitty one like this, but that you're like, Oh, come here, get on my hand. Like, you know, the YouTube videos that you see where it's like, Oh, the octopus that, that he, it helped him say it saved the guy saved it. And it remembered him and it came back and it's like the really beautiful music. And it's like, Oh, they're friends. But what you don't see that's happening is the octopus is <laughs> wrapping itself around you and suction cupping on so hard that you'll never get rid of it again. And eventually the tentacle just gets shoved down your throat till you get the point. What I'm getting at is that's exactly what I do. And then I saw your tattoo and I was like, ha, ha. I think you have to be like that. That I mean, not you kind of have to be like that in order to get shit done, mm -hmm. because no one else is going to do it for you. People aren't. You, you get rare occasions where people fight for you, but you've got to be, especially being a tiny female. Not to pull the whole woman thing into it, but I think it is easier sometimes to get a, you know, kind of pat on the head and pushes. Like we look sometimes like kids. That's a children, a battle. tiny children with yeah. tattoos. Yeah. And that is, you know, a battle that, yeah, we're going to have to fight that battle sometimes. And it, because we all make assumptions based off of physical appearance and size and 
Well, you know, it's really funny. I you just have to fight a little harder sometimes. Well, and exactly. Be a yeah. And it's, you know, it's really funny is there's like, I ran into Evan when I was in Texas and like hugged him. And I was like, you're not very big compared to me. <laughs> I thought you were a way bigger man. And I said that to him. I was like, I make fun of you on podcasts. I want you to know it. Let's do it. I yeah, do it all the time. No, I, I do it all the time. Every time I see him, he'll make a short joke. And I'm like, oh man, must be nice to make fun of someone for height. I know it's gotta be. I know. But I always, I tease back because he's not that much bigger than us. And there's actually a really funny story. So Tyr was down at the ranch in Texas and he, there was a period of time where he was rotating in and out and he would go down to Texas for a couple of weeks at a time. And um, he would like stay at the ranch. So mm -hmm. the, he had this gun belt. His, I think was a DeSantis. It's a leather belt with the stitching and all the cool guys have them. They they're given them at some point, but I love this belt. It's like old cowboy belt. And there was one down at the ranch and he was like, Oh man, there's like a kid's one down here. And it had been there for months on end. So he brought it home for me and I was so oh, no. excited. I was wearing this belt everywhere. Was it Evans? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a running joke for a long time I was like oh thanks for letting me borrow your belt <laughs> oh that's so there's a kid's belt down here babe yeah oh oh yeah. I love that so much oh yeah. I love that so, so he much. did get his belt back and I got my own that um I was wearing Evan's belt for a couple months there just for a minute Tyr thinking that it was a kid's belt that he found at the ranch I just oh I love that I know and Tyr is such a such a teddy bear human. Like you hug him and he's like a, just a big teddy bear. And we've talked about this before too. He has that sometimes he talks really softly mm -hmm. and for him, and he'll like close a door really gently. And so the car door on his side will always be open. And for him, it's like a, a different kind of compensation because he's so big that he kind of like softens himself a little sometimes. Mm -hmm. and doesn't want to like break things so he's you know more gentle with closing a door and <laughs> me I'm like a bull in a china shop just because I'm I'm used to having to not overcompensate but you know I'm we're so little that sometimes I do have to like pull things a little harder I think that's how I wound up being as freakishly strong it's you you are the you have to work with what you got at a, at this tiny size. There are certain limitations that I can do absolutely nothing about. And there are ones that I can. So what I can't do in height, um, I need to be really fucking strong. So that's a, just a matter of survival and capability. Right. You know what we should just start doing is what the British military do. We just carry small ladders on our backs everywhere they go. Seriously. I'm not kidding. When I was with them, they, um, they'll carry ladders. There'll be a ladder guy. He'll have a, he'll have a ladder to just climb up the wall. Doo, 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 doo. And I'm like, I just need to carry a ladder. I need to have a backpack with a mini ladder. That's retractable. That goes, and I can just, that's not like, a bad idea. I know it's not. <laughs> that's really actually, I'm going to look this up now. I used to always wear big, big fat platforms. That was my thing, but you Dude, they're back in. They're they back are, in, but you can't run in them. Says the woman that just bought a Crocs last night. You bought or, what? Crocs. I thought we could be friends. And now I'm questioning every decision you've made in your life. Lupine, I was talking to her this morning. I was like, I know Griff's gonna, he's gonna chew me out over this. And she's like, oh yeah, he'll burn them. I was like, I am not afraid to fight a grown man. She's like, I will burn them. 
Griff and I will hold you down and we'll burn them when you're on your feet and you'll learn I a lesson. I need something warm, staying in the ambulance and getting out at truck stops. Get a pair of Uggs, get it together. I couldn't do Uggs. I've got I sorrel mean, at home. My well, sorrel, so like. How do you go from wearing those sorrels to wearing Crocs? They're the fuzzy line ones. And I had them shipped here to Tennessee because we're in flip-flops. I'm concerned at your life choices right now. <laughs> Bert Kuntz would argue differently with you. And he does vi- like vehemently. He's like, Crocs are life. And I'm like, it makes me sad that you wear those. I fought it, but Tier wanted a pair for Christmas last year and I bought him them. And I want a taste of that four wheel and freedom. <laughs> I've never so, heard that. I- Stick with me. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the four wheel and freedom, but I I will only give it to you when I can't see your feet. I just can't. Know. I mean, I almost went full real tree. Don't. Okay, I'm just letting you know I didn't though, because okay. you can't you can mix camo. I'm I'm living proof of it right now. I mean, I've got on multicam and woodland, and you can do it. However. <laughs> I did go straight hunter green, forest green, and super classy. They will match all of my shades of camo. No. All of my shades of black and gray. (laughs) No, you don't get to use the word. You don't get to use the sentence super classy followed by Crocs. I I am too far from the fashion industry to allow that. They have a fuzzy lining. I'm going to call Daisy May and tell, I'm going to call Gage and tell him what you said. Gage is probably going to take some of that fuzzy lining out of that four wheel and freedom shoe. And he's going to put it as a, a band on my fancy hat. Just so that I, I would pay to see that. I would pay, you know what? Line the inside. <laughs> oh my God. You're welcome. So it just, it's so fluffy that it just sits on top of my head. Like a no. like Mount, Mountie hat. <laughs> no, you got to make it. I mean, I, yeah, kind of, but you got to make it so that you, you size accordingly to allow for the fuzzy because the fuzzy does go down. It compresses around the rim when you wear it on your head. So this, it will, I hope that this fuzzy doesn't. I know. Does, look at the inside of these. I'm this a, basically an ad for warm fuzzy. Is that how yeah. you say their things? That's, this is some old school GI Joe shit. Yeah, this is, I mean, the pockets, if you guys aren't watching this, Go watch this on YouTube because this, this jacket, I call it my casual shacket. Now I refuse. I know all the pockets for all of the things that we can put in here. I know it's meant for magazines and a dump pouch in the back. However, I just saw this and I said, holy shit, look at how many snacks I can carry. Dude, (laughs) there's activities and snacks. I could put so many things in here. It just goes right back to the pocket I had in the uniform, the left pocket, where I always had the notepad and the pen. Then you got the lighter over here for all the threads you got on the uniform. You got to burn them. And then the middle, that's clearly for snacks. Or hippie you can't sh- tell me. Or hippie shit. Oh yeah, that hippie shit. I, my sage is up on top of the studio. It's up there. I was it's, burning this this morning because I was in a pissy mood because of Procreate. Well, it happens, man. I hear you. I feel like Here's we should- um, Shaking his head at me. Why is he, can he, can he see you? He does not. He does not. He doesn't quite understand the, like, 
Tell me, wait, okay, tell the listeners what's, what you're holding in your hand. Palisanto, man. Okay, explain it so people understand why it's important in life. It's a aromatic wood used Ooh. by the indigenous peoples of Central America. Central or South? Yeah. South? It's, a, it's commonly used in, you know, shamanic practices and- Correct, for cleansing. I like this. I don't believe in magic. I'll go ahead and say that. Well, you can believe Some in magic. Some people can. Um, There's magic yes. out there. What, and what I'm totally fine with that too. I'm not judging, but I can't wrap my head around that. But what I can wrap my head around is that this scent, stones, all of those things are really powerful mental tools mm-hmm. for, and now I'm like blowing smoke all over the place. I think they're very powerful mental tools for, um, number one, for me, there's a Pavlovian response to this because Mm -hmm. I did go do some shamanic session work years ago. And so I associate it with that and and deep meditative states, but it's a symbol. And if you attach a intention or a meeting to a stone, a scent, whatever, it's a really powerful tool. I've Mm -hmm. got a, a bag on me. It's one of those like hippie. Um, she just pulled out a, I just want you guys to know, she just pulled out like a leather, tiny, itty bitty bag out of her chest that was on a rope that was tucked in her shirt, like you would think Pocahontas would. So let's yeah. see what's in the bag. So it's got a couple of stones in there and it's got some dried herbs that it has a metal that belonged to my grandmother. I'm not Catholic, but it was like old school. Yeah. Uh, one of her old medals. Yes. And then there's some dried herbs in there somewhere at the bottom that came off of a, a rooftop a couple of weeks ago. In, uh, God, where was I? It's so hard to keep up. Southern Pines. Uh-huh. So each of those stones has its own intention or meaning. They're really tiny. And then mm-hmm. metal is like, um, you know, it's kind of like a family anchor. Mm-hmm. And then the herbs came off of this rooftop, basil and lavender. And I think there was some oregano, but I did this full moon yoga mm. crystal class. that was on a rooftop and it was cold and stars and it was amazing. Mm. And for me, those, I was right next to where all the herbs were growing on the rooftop right. for the downstairs there was a like a vegan cafe attached to hot asana in southern pines my friend caitlin was teaching and it was such a great experience and it was everything that i needed and the whole session i was next to all these herbs that were growing and so that the scent i mean my face would literally brush against this basil and this lavender so it was just a really good reminder of that night and i spent it under the stars kind of realigning myself and she did a guided meditation at the end of the class I had a really hard time focusing and getting you know in the zone for the yoga mm-hmm. still good to move but during that guided meditation it was the coolest thing ever because I haven't been able to experience this on my own in a really long time but mm-hmm. I remember at some point uh becoming conscious again so I wasn't Ooh. I didn't fall asleep at all but at some point she went through the beginning of the meditation and I started to kind of go with it and without falling asleep I lost all 
sense of myself. And that's the whole point of like a really great meditation is that you lose sense of yourself and you melt into every, you know, the universe or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you become quiet. Everything is quiet and you're just a part of the bigger picture for that really brief moment in time. It's an illusion. We're always a part of that big picture, mm-hmm. but you're able to, to cut away that barrier. And I haven't felt that I haven't been able to achieve that on my own in such a long time that it was such a magic moment for me to experience. I don't even know how long it was, it was probably in reality, a couple of minutes, but it felt like an eternity. And it was so cool to like, when I did like re- realize consciousness again, that I, I exist, the, the I ego, I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. I, it was like, it was like, I just taken a mini vacation and it was probably only wow. a couple minutes long. but I, I plucked some of those herbs off of the plant at the end of the night and shoved them in that little hippie bag, just as a reminder of that feeling. And it, right. you know, well, I do that too, though. I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I do that with, um, when I have those experiences, I, I take pieces because it's a touch. I need to touch. This is from the last Aya uh, experience. It's just, there's a, there's a connection to something bigger, right? And when you, when you have a physical tactile piece of, of, of that moment, it's, it allows your brain to, to, to remember in a way that isn't just thought there's a smell, yeah. right? There's a touch there's a, a visual it's, it's completely different when you can submerge yourself into something like that experience and then take that with you and be able to you yeah. know, have that as a touch piece. That's a big thing in, in mental health. And like you said, being able to do it properly, meditate properly, get into that state. It, it felt like a mini vacation. Can you imagine if all of society was prescribed meditation for five minutes a day, every day, consistently, the difference that we would see? Oh my God. Even it not being able to achieve that state, mm. just the physical act of sitting still for five minutes and attempting, I call it swatting flies. It's that whole Buddhist monkey mind thing mm. where, you know, your mind is bouncing all over the place. And I feel like I'm sitting there, I'm trying really hard to like swat yeah. flies or my own thoughts away. And most people would not consider that a successful meditation session, but it's, it is still a successful meditation session because you forced yourself to sit and you're conscious of what your mind is, is right. doing on its own. So it's, it's still a practice in sitting still. Mm-hmm. It's still making you aware of your mind kind of running amok on its own. Um, I'm a huge fan and I'd gotten away from all of that stuff for a really long time. And I've just kind of recently started to find my own way back to it. And for me being such a tactile person, all those little tools, I used to have such a big rock collection. So when I visited North Carolina, I went back to my favorite old, I call it the, the, the witch store, Mm. (laughs) like the hippie, what's it called? Dancing moon. And it's not the same as it was. I think the the woman that was like the heart and soul of the place isn't there anymore. Uh, okay. So it feels a lot more sanitized, like a, I hope I don't offend anyone here, but like a, like a Christian bookstore. Yeah, no, I got like, you. Yeah. But um, I went back there and that's where I picked up the stones and this little, my little medicine bag. I've got the same exact one of these sitting in Washington that is from years ago 
think the color might be slightly different. It's from years ago when I did do all the shamanic um, healing mm-hmm. stuff and KMI structural integration, which is like rolfing. It's a whole other thing, but I had one and I don't wear it anymore. It's sitting hanging on a, on my dresser somewhere. But when I went to Raleigh and I visited the store, I grabbed a couple of stones because I was like, I could use some subconscious reminders of these specific things right now. And I saw the same, you know, little medicine bag necklace hanging there and it was 10 bucks. Yeah. So I grabbed it and I've been wearing it since and Tier keeps laughing at me (laughs) because it'll pop out of my shirt and it's like a leather bag with like a um, a dream and it's full of like, I call it my witchy shit. Yeah. Your voodoo shit. Yeah. But they're reminders. Yeah. It's grounding. Yeah. So I think that stuff is really important. It's incredibly important. I'm enjoying getting back to to that. We tattooed, my friend and I tattooed each other that night. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, you also did tattoos and it's a, the way you did, we were talking about it. Machine off of Amazon. Okay. Have you been tattooing yourself since? No have not I actually shipped it back to myself because I left behind a lot of clothing items when I flew to North Carolina to accommodate this whole tattoo machine kit (laughs) (laughs) because Caitlin and I who had never hung out in person before we're like we're gonna do yoga and then we're gonna go have a drink and we're gonna tattoo ourselves which we did all of the things but it took up a decent amount of space I ordered this thing off Amazon and I never before that night tattooed skin before okay. I've I publicly apologized to all of my tattoo artist friends like my tattoo artist is probably gonna have a shit fit when I come back right either that or find it wildly amusing um it'll be both I think we, it was like we practiced on an orange real quick and then we just went for it we used some vodka to sanitize our our skin and shot the rest oh Okay. This feels, I feel, I mean, that feels exactly what it should be like at yeah. a situ- in, in a situation like that. I expect that level of care for what we're already doing. The, the back of a bar. In yeah. The back of a bar in Southern Pines at like 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. At- that, see, that makes sense to me though. I don't know why that makes sense to me, but that makes sense to me. There's something way more, yeah, spiritually involved and entangled there. There's something energetically different about something like that it was so cool and it's this shitty I mean it's not that shitty it's not that shitty it's super cute no yeah but I will I'll never cover that up and it was such a great experience it's a reminder it's another physical token of a really cool experience which is how most of my tattoos have wound up yeah, I have some really shitty tattoos. Yeah, but they're 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 stories on a journey, right? Yes, they're stories on a journey, and I I love when people are like, oh, I've got this huge tattoo when I was younger, and I hate it now, and I'm like, but there's, I get, I, I don't think there needs to be hate attached to it. I think it should be see it for the time and the place that it was, and yeah. if you want to cover it up, that's fine. But like, oh, I hate this. I can't wait to get rid of it. It's like, well that was a point in your life when that was the person you were. And I think, I think trying to change the past is silly. I think you can acknowledge that you can do something maybe better or different now. Yeah. I I've got so many shitty tattoos that I refuse to cover them up. This one on my back where I'm doing this giant octopus 
number one, this is the first time that I've ever done a giant piece or there are some people that have gotten sleeves done. They get the outline done first. They choose a piece of art. And sometimes I kind of regret not having done that. Mine was, I started out that way and then it just became patchwork because I don't, it's more of, it's kind of a spiritual thing with, with tattoos for me most of the time. So it was, it's been interesting going, okay, I'm just going to get this really big, beautiful piece that complements my body because it's so the opposite of anything I've ever done. I'm like, I got this because this is the reminder I needed at the time of this particular experience or marking a time in my life. And I had, it's kind of weird about covering it. was a shitty tattoo. It, it didn't look great. The, the tattoo on my lower back, but I don't want to ever erase reminders, mm-hmm. even if they're, you know, shitty reminders as I look at this old kanji that was like the first thing I ever tattooed on my arms and I remember the exact time I remember looking down at it at at my old job after getting it done so I don't that's the thing that when I look down at it yeah it's a shitty tattoo it's a fucking kanji that says fire fire (laughs) it was supposed to be some sort of perseverance or it says fire fire but I don't want to cover it up because when I look down at it I'm able to stand in you know 25 year old Nicole's shoes at my old job personal training at Bally's in Copeg New York and good bad or ugly it was a part of my life I don't have a ton of pictures that survived what I call the great fire (laughs) (laughs) literally but I can look at some of the markings that I carry with me every day and go that's who I was then or that this is where I've grown from now can't look at a photograph, but I can look down at that ink and I zoom back into the moment that I got it and mm. the, the, you know, the things that I was doing at that time. So the, they're still really valuable. Even the one that says live, laugh, love. <laughs> because you have to live, laugh, love. Okay. You have to. There is, cause we were talking about it. Tear made a joke once. This is when way we had just started dating. We we're talking long distance romantically and he was asking about my different tattoos and all of his are super intentional very green beret like he's he (laughs) thinks about it before he does it and he it's got a lot of intention and thought behind it and the placement and I mean his are so much more thoughtful and some of mine are like "Mm -hmm." there was I felt like going in between clients and I went between clients and this is how I was feeling (laughs) but he was like, well, at least you don't have one that says live, laugh, love, like making a completely off the wall joke. And I started dying and I sent him a picture back of the inside of my left wrist. And he was like, shut the fuck up. That's the best. Live, love, laugh. And Logan, we were all talking about it recently. And Logan, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll cover it up someday, but I'd feel kind of weird covering it up. And he's like, well, why did you get it? And I said, well, I was living in New York at the time. And my parents to this day, still Italian family, they always had a sign over the dining room table and they had one over the kitchen table and it said, live, love, laugh. And I think part of me was kind of homesick, missing, mm-hmm. missing family. And I had just gone through a period of time where I was dieting really strict for these, um, you know, bodybuilding fitness competitions, whatever else. And it's very strict, very stringent lifestyle. And had a, I have a tendency to get very one track mind and very serious. So when that process was done and I was trying to remind myself to lighten up and 
eat some M&Ms once in a while <laughs> and kind of reconnect with, you know, I was being so robotic and mm. I got this silly tattoo to remind me of, you know, what life is really supposed to be about. And to that sign that hung over my parents' dining room table where we all shared meals. And he's like, well, there you go. I'm like, you right. <laughs> See? And now it's just a really funny point when every time someone makes fun of that, I'm like, yeah, because there's a reason for it. And that's beautiful. You, you know, having meaning like that. I agree. I don't think you should ever cover those types of things up. There's a reason that you do everything and it's whether you realize you're doing it or not. Right. Those are all important moments that make us who we are. And that's what makes us all unique and special and different and weird and not weird. And, and I, and that's why I love people like you because you're able to see things for what they are. And, and there may not seem like there was intent in that, but cognitively there was some, there was some, you know, subconscious thought that went into that, whether it was like a cheesy quote unquote tattoo to get that had a deeper meaning for you than maybe it would have had for another person who got live, love, laugh on their arm. It's layers too. When you peel back the layers that was, I was in my early twenties and much more simple, simple person, you know, you don't, you haven't been through it nearly as much in life yet. So that it's my basic bitch tattoo for a reason. That's where I was at. And that's totally fucking fine. Oh, <laughs> because it's, I think it's important to remember that too. Like, Oh, we all have one of those. Yeah. That's where I was. I, I will probably not cover it up ever. It's ridiculous. I'll probably get my stuff touched up at some point because the color is falling out of my left arm. It's so old. It's over. I mean, started getting tattooed up there when I was 26. I'm 41 now. Mm. At least you waited till then. I didn't. I got my first one at 23 and it was the lower back one at like Mm. like the shitty place where everyone gets their first tattoo in North Carolina. I was down visiting and then I kept adding on to it because the shape was all weird and blunted and the it kind of looks like a whale spout like coming up out of my ass crack. So that's what's getting covered now. Not because I gave that much of a shit about what it looked like. I really don't care, but it's cool to have an artist. I'm going to Kyle Woods in Bremerton in Washington and his work is insane. And it's not like I hated it, but man, when he drew on me, I was like, this is amazing. I've never had anything you know, designed to contour my body. And it's exciting. And for, for somebody who's an artist, who's a, you know, a trained artist for somebody who has studied art, who understands art and the movement and the importance of how it moves and looks when you move, that's, that's gotta be exciting though. It seems like tattooing as much as art is cathartic for you, tattoos are seem like they're quite a big piece of the mental health for you. Yeah, they are which is funny. I mean, but that's some like old school tribal shit. It is. It is. That's a good thing. That's a connection. There's people I, I love. Um, there was this stage. It felt like where tattoos were like really, really. And they're, I guess they still are like the cool thing to do. It's like people who are tattooed. It's a different, it puts you in a different category of people. You get the very straight laced people who have no tattoos at all. And like my husband who he just is such so OCD and such a perfectionist that the idea of him getting a tattoo breaks his brain a bit. Cause he's like, I would change it. I would want to adapt it and mold it and change it. Yeah. 
but then you get the people that are like us who are a little more, he's the creative side, but creative on an artistic, more flow, more abstract, more, more attachment emotionally, you know, spiritually, intellectually to something rather than it being like, this needs to be like this because it has to look like this. The color has to be like this. This is more like flow with it, go with it. I think there's a practice in that too. It's, Mm -hmm. you can't undo things in life. You can't undo a tattoo. You can, but that's a process too. So it's do it and let it go. You do it. You learn to live with it. You let it go and it just becomes a part of you. So I think there's a kind of a weird spiritual practice in in that part. That's how I feel about art too. And why getting into the really abstract stuff is something that I've really come to enjoy a lot more than doing like this really literal interpretation of, you know, I can, I can copy a portrait of photograph. I don't enjoy it. Right. What I like doing is playing with color and texture and emotion and music and making fuck ups. I remember one of my favorite pieces that's since sold, I made a bunch of coffee mugs out of it. I think that's all I can, that's the only mileage I'll get left out of this piece, but it's still to this day one of my favorite pieces. And it was the first time I'd ever painted anything that odd and abstract. I started off painting these roses and they were set to be really just beautiful. And I was going to go in really detailed. And I remember I came home from something that night. I had it set up in the dining room and I put paint in my hand and I threw it at the canvas. And I was Mm -hmm. like, are you mentally ill? I don't know why I just did that. And it turned out to, I, I had the most fun with that piece of art. And it was a process in learning how to let go and enjoy the process instead of the end result. But what turned out was an end result that it, it was like this whole journey in itself. And it's one of my favorite pieces to this day, it's black roses. And it hangs at a woman's salon in, in North Carolina. Same thing with selling them. You can get attached, 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 but what good is it if you just hang on to it, hang it in your own house forever? Right. Ebb and flow. You got to let it go. And then the urge to create is, you know, that helps to fuel my urge to create again. If I just hang on to everything, I think I went through a phase of like 10 years where I didn't paint anything because I just toted the same 10 pieces around with me every place I moved and I hung on to them so tightly. And when I finally was like, I need money, you just you get used to the idea of parting with these. Magically, I started painting again. Because mm-hmm. you had no space, right? It's like writing. You have to journal, you have to get it out to make room for your new thoughts, right? I, I, there's a quote, um, there's a uh, poet, uh, J.M. Storm. He's- Oh I'm, yeah, I've read his stuff. I'm obsessed with him. And it was like, sometimes, I think that the quote was around like about hearts breaking. When a heart breaks, it, it leaves room. It leaves room to grow. It's, it's I can't, I'm totally butchering it, but it was one of the, it was a really beautiful poem. It was in his, uh, in my head book, but- I got them and I'm like super obsessed with him right now. Just fantastic. So I had to text uh, yeah. her back. It's helping me straight to the office. <laughs> um, I just got them. Ooh. Yeah. Don't tell me that's not aesthetically beautiful, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's in here. They're, I like they're really simple. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible poetry. Anyway, my point is, is letting things out and letting go of things allows for the new things to come in and create and thought. And that's, what's really beautiful. And about what I love about you is the way that you do your art and the way that you describe it and how it, how it helps you 
you know, physically, mentally, and, and, and throughout life. And I think it's a really beautiful part of you. And I, I, I want more people to know about that part of you. And so, um, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what you have coming and what's going on with you. And can you kind of tell everybody kind of what, what you're up to, where they can find your art and where they can follow you and how they can kind of go on this journey with you and support you? So I am on Instagram. I have a website. I don't ever update it. Hopefully in the future, I'll, I'll change that. I'm really resistant to, to certain parts of technology still. Um, I'm on Instagram as that at that girl, Nicole something. And Nicole is with an H. Um, I've got an art page. I've got a whiskey review page. They're all linked on that main one. There is a link to my my website, but again, I don't really update it, but my regular Instagram will kind of direct you in all the, the right places. I'm working on some special projects for different people right now, which in the next year will hopefully be made a little more public. They will be made a little more public, but keeping those, keeping those on the down low right now. Um, yeah. Don't so tell that, anyone about those yet. Leave that yeah. energy, let that energy stay yeah. where it should. And when it's ready to come out, then you'll come back on and you'll tell us all about it. Yeah. So there's art on that. Um, on my Instagram, it's kind of a conglomeration of everything. There's art and outdoors and, uh, adventures, shooting. It's, I, I'm not, I don't have a clean looking Instagram where everything looks uniform and I'm involved in one particular thing. It's just never been who I am. So, um, enjoy. <laughs> look enjoy. Yeah. Look for, look for the art. I'll, i probably post art stuff on there at least like once a week there's a whole there's a separate page for art it's just I don't schedule my stuff I don't plan it very well okay. it's just it's just what I'm doing that's okay and we'll tag them all so that everybody will be able to follow them all and support yeah. them all I love it so, yeah. so there's that well you're awesome and I'm super glad that you came on and we finally got this done and we got this locked in and recorded um yeah. all of the listeners will go follow you don't worry we need to fix this Canada border shit because we need to hang out. I mean, I've got some big stuff I really want to do in the next year. And this, I will throw out there because I think that if I just throw it out there, we're going to make it happen. I, we've talked about this. I just want to reconnect with that ridiculous, like yeah. old hippie abstract, you know, that quote about, um, this is the one I want to leave people with. I'm excited to hear. I, I want to dance to like bongo drums and shit. That's my thing right now. With like fire and like barefoot and like, yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, so right there. Tribal drums. There's something about that, like old tribal drumming. And when I used to go out to, to clubs in New York, I loved like that, like really primal tribally house where it's, it's just drums and mm -hmm. you just lose yourself. And we all lose that connection easily I think you have it when you're a kid and then somewhere we're told that we're not supposed to 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 you know let ourselves go like that but there's this great quote that says in many shamanic societies if you come to a medicine person complaining of being disheartened dispirited or depressed they would ask one of four questions when did you stop dancing when did you stop singing when did you did you stop being enchanted by stories when did you stop being comforted by the sweet territory of silence and I love that because it just reminds me of all things, you know, letting go and art and forgetting, you know, stop giving a shit what anyone thinks and just completely lose yourself in the things that make you feel good and feel 
alive. So my whole vision that I really want to make happen at some point is I want some like really cool women's weekend where we've got, or it can be both just a, maybe I'm, nope, what I'm talking that. about, but it would be really cool to have like a women's weekend where we've got some sort of like people that know what they're doing, indigenous <laughs> drumming to come in. And so, so it's, it's authentic. I want drumming and I want to like make fire with our hands. And I want just kind of that return to primitive primal feminine energy, just a weekend of that kind of that feeling. I'm so in. So be more in right away how to make that happen. That's fine. You know, I'll come of course I'm wearing a wolf head on my head that I've killed myself and to, to save like the population. There's a whole, I've got a whole backstory. (laughs) I mean, that's also fine. I, I figured there would be howling at the moon at some point. I'm kind of tattooed with all of the wolves. It'll be weird. It'll be great. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we've got to make that happen or at least, at least some kind of get together. I know we will. Don't worry. I promise you it'll happen soon. I promise you it'll happen soon, but I'm, I'm so excited for what you're doing. I'm excited for people to get to know you the way that I have, because you're such an incredible human being. So please stick with me, but everyone else, I need you to go give her a follow, give her some love, give her some support. She is doing great, great things. And, um, obviously our uh, fashion style is clearly amazing. So we will see you all next week. Otherwise, shout out to warm fuzzy. Warm fuzzy. What's up, brother? Hit us with the code. Okay. We'll see you all next week, everybody. <laughs>